Welcome to the Daily Standard Podcast. I'm Eric Felton. We're joined today by Chris Deaton, Deputy Online Editor of the Weekly Standard, who's been following the doings up on Capitol Hill where the Senate is debating Obamacare and what to do with it. Chris Deaton, welcome to the Daily Standard Podcast. Hey, good to see you, Eric. So I, I guess they're they're up there debating, what was it, uh, svelte? <laughs> no, slender. Trimmed, low-fat, something like skinny repeal? Skinny, yeah. skinny repeal. That's the yeah. kind of repeal we're talking mm-hmm. about. So what is what is skinny repeal? It is the baked Lay's potato chip of healthcare reform, <laughs> and to a lot of people, it has all of the cardboard flavor. Uh, so really, what's what's going on here? They're debating uh, as of Wednesday morning, afternoon. They were debating some things that they were going to knock out first. Um, there was a proposal from Rand Paul to go back to a repeal and two-year kind of delayed repeal of Obamacare that's a little more expansive um, in nature. And part of this whole process they're having to go through right now is considering the technicalities of what passes muster under Senate rules. So I think what's going to end up happening here, the end game of all of this, is that this skinny repeal idea is where the Republican consensus is going to come and, from. And what's the skinny repeal idea? So, so essentially what's going on with it is that you trim back a lot of the things that might not pass the rules muster of of the Senate and is politically palatable to a sufficient number of Republicans to get it across the finish line. So that encompasses really three top line things that have been discussed. Repealing the individual mandate from Obamacare, the employer mandate from Obamacare, and its medical device tax, all of which are very unpopular. And is there momentum for this at this point? And, uh, you know, a lot of what had happened with health care was the notion that uh, the Senate would have to get at least 50 votes, and mm-hmm. you kept getting a couple of people beyond the two votes that you could give up in the Senate on the Republican side um, who would say, no, nope, I'm out, Right, and, and things would come to a, a standstill. There seems to be a sense that something is going to happen this time around. Yeah, the momentum seems to be there. And again, it's this idea of what is procedurally feasible and politically palatable to enough people and trying to just rally around something as limited as this has been difficult. But there is momentum going in this uh, direction, Eric, for I think one overarching reason in the minds of a lot of people who might be inclined to vote against it, and this is particularly on the more rightward flank uh, of the Senate Republican caucus, they can see this idea, this skinny repeal idea, as a vehicle to get to a House-Senate conference process where the two chambers kind of iron out their differences. And really, at that point, it's just all about moving the football forward. How do we advance this process? Well, the reasoning goes, if we can get enough people behind even some sort of limited idea just to keep this thing alive and move it forward, take the three yards in a cloud of dust type of idea of, uh, you know, just moving it down the field and let's see if there's a way where we can ultimately achieve consensus. This kind of seems the most feasible uh, next step in that direction. Now, with that, though, then you get to a conference with the House. The Mm -hmm. Senate version is very different from the House version. Go to negotiations. How long do those negotiations last? Well, there's who knows just because of all of the types of things that will have to be ironed out. I think the big thing here is that, like you said, to your point, 
the House bill that was passed was really, really expansive. I mean, it did a lot of things that don't pass this rules muster that I'm talking about here. I mean, is does it actually able to um, get past the Senate parliamentarian and have things that are approved and are not going to uh, cause points of order to be raised? So when you have this much more limited version on the Senate side, there's so much stuff there to iron out that you are going to have, you know, these conferees, whoever they might end up being, and that's another, you know, assuming we get there is another thing in and of itself, but it's just going to take so much time and so much acrimony to hammer out because the differences on this stuff among moderate Republicans and conservative Republicans in both chambers are just so big that, you know, trying to see what, trying to envision what kind of consensus they might achieve that even makes political as well as policy senses, your guess is as good as mine. And so at that point, then, if there's a conference bill, then you have to do something that is going to manage to get voted on again Mm -hmm. and pass the Senate and the House both. Right. With no changes. Right. So it's it's just uh, it's it's a really it's a difficult process like it has been all along. And it's I think so much of what's going on here, particularly right now, is that with this skinny repeal bill in the Senate, you notice that I didn't use the word Medicaid. And that could potentially make it a lot more palatable to a lot of these moderate senators from Medicaid expansion states like Rob Portman and Shelley Moore Capito, where we aren't touching Medicaid right off. Now, a concern of Rand Paul, who really advocates, especially on Wednesday today, this idea of just repealing it. And he said himself forcing members of Congress to act on some sort of replacement if they know that nothing is going to be in place two years down the road, is that you go to this conference process, and as he calls it, maybe some of these big government Republicans want that spending put back in, or maybe trying to soften the blow when it comes to Medicaid rollback. So there's still going to be a lot of things up in the air. A lot of members wouldn't control it in a conference process if they aren't appointed to the committee. There have been a number of efforts to to move this ball forward that have come to naught, and at every Mm -hmm. point it's been like, well, it's dead and and it it lives again it's it's night of the living dead healthcare reform <laughs> here so but i'm going to i'm going to hit you with the the classic mclaughlin group question oh boy prediction chris deaton does something pass the senate this week I can say what I'll say is this, uh, because when it gets into the prediction game, I'm generally so terrible at it that it's a good idea to ignore me. Uh, Okay, well, that's enough for the... uh... (laughs) I can say this, that I I think that if you would have asked me a week ago before this skinny repeal idea really got in vogue, um, I would have said there is a a much less chance than there is today. This this entire idea of momentum and the number of lawmakers who just say they're willing to get something done, I mean, these are the types of people like the Lindsey Grahams and Dean Hellers and Portmans and Capitos that it seems like they're willing to give a little bit. And the more that they indicate they're willing to give, the more it seems like they might give again in the future. And that's why this whole skinny repeal idea, because of its limited scope, even if it doesn't necessarily make sense from a policy standpoint, which is an entirely separate conversation, from a political standpoint of just getting to yes, as Mitch McConnell has said over and over again, seems much more feasible now. Well, we'll see whether the the chances are slender for skinny (laughs) repeal or not. Chris Deaton, thanks for joining us on the Daily Standard podcast. Thanks, Eric. Support for the Daily Standard podcast comes from Simply Safe. A lot of us get excited for summer because it means going on vacation or spending long days at the beach, maybe taking the kids to an amusement park. You know what gets a burglar excited for summer? 
knowing that you'll do all those things and leave your house empty. Summer is prime time for burglary, so now is the time to protect your home. For a limited time, you can take $100 off Simply Safe's special summer package. It has everything you need to protect your home, an arsenal of security sensors to secure each door and window, a panic button, a blaring siren, and a wireless connection to authorities and police dispatch. Your family, your home, and everything in it stays safe around the clock. With Simply Safe, there are no long-term contracts, no installation costs, and no hidden fees. And 24/7 professional monitoring is just $14.99 a month. This summer, see what Simply Safe can do for your home. Get $100 off your summer security package at simplysafe.com/standard. This sale ends July 31st. That's simply safe, S I M P L I S A F E dot com slash standard to get your $100 off. That's simply safe dot com slash standard for $100 off your purchase. That's it for today's Daily Standard podcast. Be sure to tune in to all our podcasts throughout the week. Just go to iTunes or Google Play for a free subscription or go to our website, weeklystandard.com. I'm Eric Felton. Thanks for listening.